right, we're going to start a uh, new series today that I'm calling Now and Forever. Um, and if you've been here for any length of time, you hear me make that phrase, now and forever, full and abundant life, based in a, a passage of Scripture in John 10, 10, where that's what Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And, and, uh, and so he wants us to experience full and abundant now and forever life. I thought we would take some time to really discuss what that looks like over the next season, and we'll dig into some different ideas and verses that run along with that. little introduction last week. Uh, I introduced you to the acrostic I've been using, um, flow, which is to focus and to listen and to observe and to wait. And that, that is sort of the idea of, of uh, really being in this eternal life, this, this life. Uh, you know, the, in Revelation, it's the, the river of life uh, that, that flows from the throne. This, this life, uh, eternal life, emanates from the throne of God and it runs down to us and out from us into the world around us, and that we're to be living in that idea. And when we sort of feel ourselves uneasy and just, you know, settled and distracted and those things are going on, we, we need to take a moment to get back into the, the flow of the life that we're called to. So I gave you that little idea on uh, how to do that last week, and we'll build that into this series as we go. That's where we're heading. That's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke. Or do these are particularly bad jokes? Somebody emailed me this one. I thought you'd like to see what happens to my week uh, with some of the emails I get. What do you call it when a bull swallows a stick of dynamite? Abominable. <laughs> a pessimist, blood type? Be negative. I know that's getting a laugh because of how bad the first one is. I'm going to stop there. The others have been terrible. Scripture reading. I'm going to read Galatians 2.20 out of the NIV and the New King James. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Same verse in the New King James. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I like that phrase, the life I now live. And uh, that's the idea that I, I'm coming up. The life I, I live now this, it has this uh, temporary component and an eternal component. And we need to understand that they flow together and how they work together and how important both parts uh, of this uh, amazing life that we have in Christ now is. The now part and the forever part. And so uh, by way of introduction, let's, let's talk about this today. Everybody that you've ever met is in the process of living a lifetime. And every one of these people, all of us, have developed a certain approach to life and what we call that now is a lifestyle. So we have a lifestyle in our lifetime. Behind every lifestyle is a system of beliefs that determines attitudes and actions. And so we have, all of us have a system of beliefs that is determining the attitude and actions of our lifestyle in our lifetime. And, um, the idea behind this and that these beliefs determine these things is that everybody believes something. 
The way that we are created uh, and the way that God has given us a mind to think causes us to ask questions, which is very good. And we ask questions, and these questions, as we you know, answer them to the best of our ability, uh, gives us a belief system. And so everybody believes something. Now, that can go all over the place. But let me say, uh, the big issues in life uh, is, is, you know, that uh, people come to in, in working through decisions of life is uh, this, it boils down to this, a belief that God is or a belief that God is not. And that that's a fairly significant issue. People come to those decisions and changes the way we look at life significantly. Does God exist or doesn't he? Uh, someone who believes that God doesn't exist is known as an atheist. And there was a well-known atheist who was... Um, actually quite respected and revered. Uh, uh, he, he only passed away about 30, 40 years ago. Uh, he was a, a philosopher, a Nobel laureate, a mathematician. His name was Bertrand Russell. He was also an atheist. He said this, unless you assume the existence of a God, the question of the meaning and purpose of life is irrelevant. Now, that's huge coming from someone that doesn't believe that, that there's a God. Uh, he's saying that the only way that life can have meaning and purpose is if there's a God. And that's a pretty big deal. So uh, you can take from that that if you don't believe that there's a God, then there's really no meaning and purpose to life. Uh, if there's no God, you just happen to be sort of a random accident of nature, uh, born by chance, and, and that your life doesn't have any real meaning. You're, you're basically just sort of a, you know, educated, advanced, complex microorganism that doesn't really make any sense that came out of some primordial ooze. If there's no God, there's, there's no right, and there's no wrong, there's no good, and there's no bad. We're all just accidents. We can do whatever we want to do, and anybody can do anything they want to do to us. There's no right, there's no wrong, there's no good, there's no evil. That's what happens if there is no God uh, in the picture. Now, for the purpose of this series, we're, we'll assume that there is a God. Uh, I'm not going to take the time to go through all of that stuff, but let's assume that most of you are here because you believe that there is a God. If, you, you aren't, if you're here because you're not quite sure, that's great too. You're welcome to be here. And hopefully, as we talk, it will make sense and you will grab a hold of that as well. But we're going to assume because you all showed up on a cold day on a Sunday morning that you, uh, you believe in the existence of God. That's certainly I do. It's why I'm here. Now, with that one sort of, you know, as our assumption, where I want to go with this series, though, is because a lot of people get to that point and they, rather than just admit, well, there's no God at all, they, they get to something, but they're not sure about God very much or what God is like. And, and then the question becomes, the next sort of belief, well, is God really interested in me or isn't he? Because if he's not interested in me, even though he exists, that's going to have an impact on my life. But if he is interested in me and he exists, then that really means something. And so what I want to do today as we start this series is show you that he's very much interested in you and, uh, and your life. And three questions that I would say are fairly fundamental to this life, now and forever life, that I want to look at today that people ask, and I think they're great questions. Why am I here? Does my life matter? And what is my purpose? Why am I here? Does my life matter? What is my purpose? Let's take all three of them. Just spend a few minutes on each one. First one, why am I here? Why did God make us? Why, uh, why are we alive? 
why are we on this planet? Is there a, a reason behind it? And uh, there's a verse that I want to read to you from Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 4. This is in the message paraphrase. And it says this, Long before God laid down earth's foundations, He had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of His love to be made whole and holy by His love. I, I love that verse. But the, 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 the place that I want you to see is that he, he, we are the focus of His love. God saying there that we are created to be loved by Him. Um, the Bible tells us that God is love and that He created you as an object of His love. He made you to love you. That's why you were made and why you're alive. God wants to be in relationship with you. Now, um, a lot of people have heard that God loves them. Uh, it's something that people will say, well, God loves you, and, and we have all those things, and we hear them. But I'm not sure that we always take that in at the level that we need to. Okay, so God loves me, so what? Well, what I'm hoping you'll do as we talk, and you'll think about this uh, this week, is, is how amazing it is that God loves you and wants you to be the focus of His love. See, God... Um, created everything. And we live in a place, or you're visiting a place, that really is helpful for this, um, because we live in, in an amazing place in the world. And, and we can look out and we can see the expanse of the ocean and how beautiful that is. And we get to see it in lots of different states, you know, and we get to see it uh, when it's wavy and flat, calm, and, you know, you get to see it at those days when you look out and you have trouble telling where the, where the, where the horizon, you know, begins and ends and what's sky and what's ocean. And then for many of us that live here, we get to go beyond that. You actually get to see what's underneath the ocean. And you begin to uh, just see, you know, a, a, an amazing life that happens under there. So complex and all these systems that build on one another. And the colors and the things that happen, how wild that is. And then, you know, we, we have uh, here uh, beautiful sunrises. Some of you may not see those, but I do though. And uh, we have sunsets that I'm almost awake for. Uh, <laughs> just depends on where you're going. And um, they're, they're just amazing. And then, you know, the stars down here, you can, you get just in the right spot down here and you look up because the air is so clear and, and you see stars. And the longer you look, the more stars you, you see. And, and, and then you, you realize that God created those things and he put them in place and he made them there and he had reasons behind them and he put everything together. And the same God who did all of that, who spoke all that into being, created you to be the focus of his love. It's not something you can just kind of blow off again, so what? It's, it's like, wow. And, and I, I'm, my prayer is that, that over the, the course of this series that you will drink that in. You will take that in at some level because that will change the way that you process through life. God, you're the focus of his love. He, he made you so he could just be in relationship with you. It's the most amazing thing. But that's why he made us, to be in relationship with him. It's fine. Well, the second question is, well, does my life matter? Okay, God loves me, and maybe I'm not sure how to even process that yet, but, but does my life really make a difference? Does, does my life matter? And, uh, I, you know, I was thinking about this because we just watched a Christmas movie. It doesn't, Christmas was only two weeks ago. Doesn't it feel like it was like, <laughs> maybe it's just me. Christmas, ancient history. But uh, <laughs> just two weeks ago. But in that run-up, we watched It's a Wonderful Life. A lot of you see that movie, right? And it's sort of that picture of him not you know, being in life and how many 
because your, your life matters, and it certainly matters to the people around you, and it, it, you're having impacts you're not even aware of. Um, but beyond that, you need to know that, that your life matters because God created you to be the focus of his love, and he did that not just for temporary, but for eternity. See, you matter so much to God that he wants to spend eternity with you. And, and that just broadens it even more. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, it says that God has made everything beautiful in its time and that he's also set eternity in the hearts of people that uh, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So he's created you and he's, he's set eternity in your heart even now. And, and what happens with this life, this, the now part of this life, is that God uses this part of life to prepare us for eternity. The, you know, what's coming is beyond description. Uh, you know, think about life in a way where there's no sorrow and there's no pain and there's no tears and there's no hardship and there's, you know, there's no shame and there's none of the things that we endure here in a fallen world and a broken planet. That's coming. And, and, now, as we engage into that, God begins to prepare us for that. And, and even though we still deal with difficult things here in a fallen world, you know, and broken planet and the mess that, that's happened because of sin, even though we deal with these things, this now life is still the very best life that's available, and it's preparation for the next one. And so in this process, we're working and, and dealing with things, and the Holy Spirit is working us, preparing us for the life that we will experience forever. And so this life matters. It makes a difference. This, this life is a big part of, of all of our life. And too many people live in a way where they, they sort of limit themselves to thinking that this life is 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 or 100 years. I don't want to limit you uh, in, in that. Um, but that that's all there is. And they live in that dynamic. And yet it's not all there is. There's so much more than this. This part definitely matters. But it matters because there's so much more coming. And so we engage in this part of life and we learn here and we, we learn about who he is and we learn that we can trust him and we learn that he's for us and that he's with us and we, we learn about love and we, we, we learn about all these things that he wants us to learn in the process. And so this life matters. You matter. Life matters. And, and God wants you to know that it, your life matters so much because he wants to spend eternity with you. At some point uh, in the, the now part of this life, these bodies will give up, and, and they'll be done. But we're not. We continue on. We continue on in Him. And, and so this is sort of the, this is the warm-up. This is the practice. This is dress rehearsal for what's to come. When I was in high school, I may have used this illustration before, uh, I played football, and um, we had football practices, and I can honestly tell you that I, hate is a very strong word, but it's the right word. I hated football practice. It was miserable. It was hard. I, uh, the, the coaches were mean. They, they <laughs> Back in the late 70s, they didn't give you water when you were thirsty because they thought it, you were soft if you needed water. And so, you know, they, they uh, so, and we would do that twice a day sometimes. The only part of practice that I ever really got anything out of enjoyed was scrimmages. I like the scrimmage because it's almost like playing a game, right? But we did all that because the game made it worthwhile. The, it was the game that made it all worthwhile. And so all those things began to make sense. And what you learned in the practice, you know, work, when, when it was working the games, it would sort of click in that you needed, even though that was the hard part. Well, this life is like that. A lot of hard stuff in this life. But, but we get to get taste 
of eternity. We get the occasional scrimmage, which makes it always vital. And we're heading into the real deal. So you need to live in that tension and hang on to that. This life matters, and what's coming is even better, but, but it's all part of the process. But don't limit yourself to just this life, because you'll miss all that this life has to offer if you're not aware of what's coming up in the future. So those things work together. Second Corinthians 5.1 says, We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. As, as believers in Christ, we, we step into eternity with Him when this body is uh, complete. Third, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Okay, so if you, if you don't know what something is, how do you know its purpose? And knowing the purpose of something is very important because if you don't know the purpose of something, you're going to, uh, you're going to misuse it and abuse it. And um, see, this happens a lot because people aren't really aware of their purpose or the purpose of things. They misuse them and they abuse them. Uh, that's why, you know, people and relationships get abused because people don't know the purpose that God has designed in them. We, we, if we're not aware of our purpose, um, we'll often do things to misuse or abuse our, ourselves and all of these are the process or others. That's all what happens. So, so how, do, and how do we know what purpose is and, and, you know, why is it so important? So that we use everything properly the way it was intended to experience life. Now, I want to give you an example of this whole process. So, uh, and it will seem like I'm way off track, and hopefully I'll pull it back together in the next four minutes. Um, that's the task before me. So, uh, you know, Hurricane Irma came in September, and one of the things that happened was God opened doors, and all these people showed up to help us down here, and we were blessed to be a part of that process. And uh, in the 10 or 11 weeks right after the storm, over 3,000 volunteers came through here and we sent them out to go help people. And in the process, we got a whole bunch of stuff that showed up to make that possible. Uh, you know, rakes and shovels and loppers and, and all, you know, I had still have a, an amazing amount of that stuff out there and people would come and we'd hand them the tools to go and do the jobs that they needed. Well, another thing that we got, we didn't get hundreds of, but we got 20 or 30 of, was chainsaws. It's a very helpful thing, pretty big deal these chainsaws would show up. And um, so people would come, groups would come, and I'd try and be getting them the right equipment to go and do the jobs and send them to the right jobs. And I'd say, hey, is any, can anybody in this group use a chainsaw? And you would get some hands that would go up. But there's a difference between like really knowing how to use a chainsaw and having used a chainsaw. Significant difference. And it's okay if you're not, you know, I used to look at it and think, you know, you don't, it's not like a big macho thing. If you don't know how to use a chainsaw, just say something because if you use this chainsaw incorrectly, not only can you get hurt, but you can hurt a whole bunch of other people. Very easy to misuse a chainsaw and abuse it and cause lots of problems. And so, you know, I would try and narrow down the amount of people because some of their hands would go down as I would talk about it a little bit. And uh, I'd still get the few and I'm like, okay, well, and so we would go out back where the chainsaws were and what I would do is I would say, okay, um, there's a chainsaw, get it started. And I wouldn't tell them anything beyond that. And I would watch. What was I looking for? You can tell someone that's used a chainsaw. They, they approach it a certain way, they handle it a certain way, they could figure out what switches they need to go, and boom, they would start it. But you know, some guys would struggle because it wouldn't start, they'd start sweating. But I could still tell the way they were doing it. They knew what a chainsaw was. And if they could get it started, and had that, then I was comfortable with giving them a chainsaw to go out and do the project. Now, 
Why is he talking about chainsaws? Well, let me get back. I'm, I'm coming back now. So, well, sort of. It's a step in the right direction. Years ago, somebody told me a joke about a chainsaw. And it stuck with me forever. Every time I see a chainsaw, it's the only thing I think about. This guy has this big uh, lot that he has to clear, and he's using a handsaw. And he's working away at it. Another guy walks up to him and goes, man, that's going to take you forever. You need to get a chainsaw. The guy says, okay. So he goes into town, and he buys a chainsaw. Uh, the next day, he comes back to the place where he bought the chainsaw, and he says to the, the guy at the chainsaw store, he said, uh, this is a piece of junk, worst tool I've ever had. It's going to take me forever to get the lock cleared using this, this chainsaw. And the store owner looks at him and goes, well, that doesn't make any sense. And so he walks over to it, and he vroom, fires it up, and vroom, 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 it's running. And the guy who had bought it looks at him and says, what's that noise? So how does it tie in? The only way, there is no tie-in, I just wanted to tell you that joke, no. And that's the joke, no. Look, the only way that we know the purpose of something is to talk to the person who created it or invented it or read the owner's manual. That's how you know this stuff, right? Well see, as part of this series, that's some of the stuff that we have to do. We need to know the Creator, and we need to read the owner's Aren't you glad He gave us an owner's manual? And see, as you do those two things, you begin to know your purpose, and when you know purpose, you begin to live life the way that He's called you to live life, and not only will that benefit your life, it'll benefit the life of everybody around you, and it makes a significant difference. Let me read you this last verse. Again, in Ephesians 1.11. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us and had designs on us for glorious living. So that's what I'm hoping to talk about in the weeks ahead. Glorious living. That's what His whole hope is for us, now and forever. To live glorious lives, amazing lives, now and forever, full and abundant lives. And so we're going to pick it up there next week. I have some more stuff I want to talk about. And we're going to launch into some of these ideas. But... But think about those things and kind of hang on to them this week and think about what it means to be loved by God and how amazing that is. And we'll pick it up there next week. Amen? Amen. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall. People on the way over that wall are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. But let me pray for you as a group. And we'll have breakfast. Dismiss. Father, we are so thankful for who you are. And for your amazing love for us. You are such an awesome God. Thank you that you, you made us to love us, to be with us forever. And we have purpose. And God, help us all to settle into this amazing, glorious life that you have for us. And Lord, as we do, let it not only change us, but change the world around us for you. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and 